Welcome to this week's episode of Quarantine Diaries. <laughs> Changing it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite soothing. Thank you. Um, which I kind of am in the need for right now. Aw. Yeah, I just, I'm going to dive right into it. I had an unsettling experience. Uh-oh. I'm still a little unsettled about it. Uh-oh. But I had a lot of realizations that came with it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there because this nice. is learning. And I'll just start off with now I understand, not that I didn't understand before, but I experienced and really like consciously witnessed and was a part of an abuse of power, somewhat mild, but I understand why and how they happen now. And so to clarify, um, my cousin was checking out a hot yoga class. Okay. For the first time or like there this class for the first time. So she's, I think, done the hot yoga in general before, but this was, and she had done this studio once before. It was a new studio, Groupon, real cheap. Mm -hmm. So I've been feeling anxious lately and having a hard time getting into the online yoga. So I was like, you know what? Socially distanced, all the things like I want to go and like get this angst out of my body. Right. Sure. To move. I need some motivation. I need to do something different. So. I went in, I, you know, I bought the little coupon and personally, I've never done hot yoga period. Mm -hmm. And this particular hot yoga place is the one that's named after someone who apparently was like a harasser and abuser in general. And Hmm. you know, he's very common. I think he's the one who started hot yoga. Oh yes, 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 yes. And I was shocked to learn that it's still under his name. Mm -hmm. So that they haven't canceled him. Yeah. Well, (laughs) they have canceled him apparently, but I guess some studios have remained. Okay. Whereas all the other ones have just changed to like hot yoga. Mm. And so that was already a red flag. But again, like I was kind of desperate, needed the yoga, and so I went with her. And she had talked about the other instructor being okay, and she was very like open and whatever. Because I don't like heat in general. Yeah. So I was like, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to push myself too much. And the yoga school that I come from, right. Cause I've also certified with another studio is all about listening to your body, doing you and empowering the student to listen to themselves. Right. Um, so anyway, long, that part's too long, but so we went in and I'm fully expecting like the experience that she had described of like the instructor was like, take it easy. You know, we all haven't worked out in a long time. Just being in the room is good enough. And while I don't like the heat, I thought maybe having some of that heat like could serve a purpose as mm-hmm. far as health wise, right? A lot of people love it. Let me go check it out for the, at the very least, I'll know what this experience is that everybody's sure. Has, yeah. Right. So for my own edification, if nothing else. Um, so I took a little wet rag with me because I typically like to cool off that way because I'm not a big sweater and I overheat. And so I said, I'll use that. I had my water and all the things, my towels and stuff. So we go in, whatever. As soon as I walk into the room, instant, like just the heaters are on. So it's already just <laughs> Well, <crazy>. yeah, <laughs> I think that's the point, right? <laughs> you know, and it's like 90 degrees out here in LA and it just wasn't a good idea anyway. But I was like, I'll go in as like, if I know I can stay a little bit. Um, and so anytime you try something new, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable. Like, I'm glad I had my cousin there with me and whatever. But I also knew because I had gone through the yoga certification process that like, One learning I took from that was I need to listen to my body. Like something that I would do when I first started yoga was I would just listen to the instructor regardless of what my limits were. Like, well, they're saying to push and everyone else is pushing. So I should push too, even if that's like painful in my body. So I was comfortable enough to the point where I'm like, well, I know who I am. I know, you know, how I feel. And on top of it, add heat. So like just the fact that I'm in the room. If I can't handle it, I can leave, but I'll take it easy. Yeah. Right off the bat, I'm not allowed to take it easy. Oh. (laughs) But cool, calm, comfortable, and collected me, right? Going in with all of the preconditions in my mind of like, I know who I am and it's not an issue. I'm going to do me. And it was a different instructor. Um, So I go in and the first thing, you know, put that down, put this here, put that whatever. Okay, whatever. I kind of listen to some of the things. And then I had my little wet rag on my shoulder because I just, I needed that to help me cool off. And so, what is this? You don't need this here. I said, no, I need it. It's just my towel. What is that? What is it for? I'm like, it's just, it's a wet rag. I need it. No, we don't use that. Put that on the floor. I was like, pers- very calmly. Jeez. Yeah, right off the bat, right? So, But no, hold on. Wait, wait, pause. Was that the attitude and intonation that she was coming at you with? He. He. So I, I apologize. He. Yeah, and... um Okay, maybe because I'm a little unsettled now, I'm like starting it off to the sure, point of where sure, it was. Sure, 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 It was a, what is this, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need it. Put it on. And I just calmly said like, no, like it's a wet rag. I need it. It helps mm-hmm. me cool off. Well, the purpose of this isn't to cool off. And I'm just like, okay, but 
Personally. But is it to die of overheating? Right, right. <laughs> or, or whatever the point is. I'm a paying customer who's here and is an autonomous body <laughs> who's making a choice for himself. True. And calmly stated to you once, I would like this. You felt the need to follow it up with it's not allowed. Weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, okay, fine. Let that go. Obviously, I kept the rag because who are you? Excuse me. <laughs> right? I'm not going to. The whole point of like me making myself be comfortable to be here to try right. this. Like if I need this modification for me, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Kept it on. But okay. Obviously, I'm already uncomfortable. Right. Because what is this weird interaction of like. I'm calmly stating a need that I have and you're coming at it with like, I'm questioning authority. Like that was the instant uh, switch. Defensive. Of yeah. Thing. Defensive, uh-huh. uncomfortable. And again, I can always understand the other person, but this is not what I'm trying to do in this situation because whatever part of your ego felt like irked by me not listening to you and not being subordinate, that's not what this is about. Like, Mm-hmm. My world of yoga and my world in general is everybody does what's right for them, right? They're not a, a subject that belongs to someone else. Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Just a person who went to some training, fine. But, you know, I'm here, I'm doing my thing. Right. And I wasn't being rude or anything at first. I was very polite. I said, thank you for letting me know how it works, but I'm going to, like, kept that. I forgot what the second thing was, but then there was a third strike after which I should have just left. But so we're going. I'm, like, doing as best I can, trying to breathe, trying to also now get rid of this angst because, like, sure, my heart yeah. rates up because not just because it's hot, but also because, like, I have this turmoil with, like, what is this discomfort? And I didn't want to make a scene. I want to be respectful of everyone in there, right? And having the background of, like, knowing that these types of sort of quote-unquote I mean, this was obviously a very mild one, but abuses of power happen in these situations, even in yoga studios where teachers will like force someone into a pose and injure them hmm. and things like that. Like, obviously, this was like the lighter side of the spectrum where he's like firmly suggesting I can't or can't do something. Um, anyway, I forgot what strike two was. But so then I go, I'm heating up, whatever I'm trying. Go to grab a sip of water. <laughs> oh, no. How dare you? How dare I? Oh, well, we're not allowed to drink water. You don't drink water. That comes after pose what number whatever. Hell? In that instant, I was ready to grab my mat and leave. I was like, I cannot drink water. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, ridiculous. Not even if it would like, let alone this is a 105 degree room where water is probably what's going to keep me from fainting. Yeah. Right? That I have to follow your rigid whatever. So... I'm trying to, again, calmly without creating a scene in the class. Of course. Because this is like in the middle of instruction. Yeah. And but clearly he's uncomfortable even telling me what to do. So I don't know what it is about him. Me. He's never had someone not do what he's saying. Yeah. 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 Even if it is in a calm matter and I'm not making it personal. Sure. He took it that way. And obviously I felt that. And so did the whole room. And so I'm trying to get out the words of like, like, I'm, I appreciate that you're trying to teach me the whatever. The ways. The way, because I'm new <laughs> and this is the way of this whatever. But I want to acknowledge I, I don't want feedback. Like, I'm opting out. Like, let me have my experience. Just please leave the class and I'm going to do me. So in the middle of me trying to say, like, thank you, but I'm just going to do me. Like, could you just, he just cuts me off. And yeah, this is a very disciplined whatever practice. Oh, oh, I was so ready to pack the mat up, get up and go. But here's my cousin in there. And I'm like, you know, just oh hold it together. Gosh. And, you know, you just ignore it. You know, all the things don't make a scene. Yeah. Whatever, all the things that like, and some of the things that keep you small of like, well, I shouldn't say anything, even though I really felt like I could have. I said, I'm just going to stick it out. I'm going to be the bigger person. And just, I'm going to have my experience and I'm going to continue ignoring him. But it got to the point of like, it was already tainted. So me being there, already uncomfortable from the heat, right? And trying yeah. to move. Now there's this added layer of like, I'm willfully not doing what you're saying. I'm taking breaks and I'm doing, I'm honoring me. Right. So it was just too uncomfortable. And I look at my heart rate and it's like through the roof. So I calmly, quietly rolled my mat up. Again, respectfully, I don't want to disrupt Of course, yeah, experience. yeah. Um, and I, ju- I just left and he opened the door for me. And like, I almost took that as like, oh, are you telling me like, here, get out? Huh. But I think I'm going to make it a positive assumption. And he saw I was like, had a lot of things in my hand. So he was like trying to help me quietly leave. Type I see. Of thing. And I say that because later my cousin came in out uh, later and she's like, oh, he came looking for you later. I was like, yeah, to make him try to make amends or like probably huh. realize what he did was wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah, that is that is what it was. <laughs> So, that's yeah that's interesting yeah 
And I know it's a lot, but it's like fresh. I literally no. I don't think it, I don't think it's quote unquote a lot. I just I think I, I'm I'm struggling to even like yes and you because I one have never been to a yoga class. Two have never experienced somebody in a quote unquote position of power like that. Like treat me that way. Like where they're like just fully like putting their foot down, you know, about the rules. Yeah. Like, or at least not that I can remember like right now, you know? Um, so that's just like a really weird thing that you experienced that I, I'm like, that sucks. (laughs) I know. So the reason I'm sharing besides getting it off my chest, which obviously makes me feel better, but it's because of the learning. And I think it's a thing that a lot of people experience. So it comes back to the thing that have we been conditioned to, I think last week's or the week before we were talking about, well, if you've had people react poorly to you being Mm. you, you learn not to be you. So whatever it is that's conditioned people to people, please, which I tend to do, which Mm. I'm working on, you know, oh, the teacher, I've got to do what they're telling Mm -hmm. me. They know better than me. And to be honest, if I, it, it wasn't to the point where, like, obviously I was standing my ground, right? But it's because of the work I had done. Like, the old me would have put the water down and, like, maybe powered through and, and listened mm-hmm. to what he had to say because of either fear or shame or people-pleasing or whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? But so part of me is, like, well, I went in kind of conditioned, like, with this knowing that this power... Uh, abuse exists in this world and in particularly in this cult-like class Mm. under this person's name so right off the bat like my mind went straight to if you're doing this to me a cool confident comfortable person Mm -hmm. who's a man and has gone through yoga teacher training and he's here like with the mindset of like i'm firmly gonna do what i'm gonna do and i felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. i can only imagine someone who's new to the world coming into that world and just being like you know you're uncomfortable so you just do what the person says um, but I also ha- take issue with the juxtaposition or like the, I guess the dichotomy or whatever, or no, that's not the right word. I guess it's the, it's the juxtaposition of like a person who's saying that this is a very disciplined class and we have a way of doing things here. And everybody is, apparently knows that because no one else is quote unquote breaking the rules. And yet they're sell- selling admissions on Groupon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Groupon to me is a tool used by like organizations, companies, whatever, that are trying to get people in the door. If that's not a problem for them, if they have a set clientele that knows the rules and can be disciplined and follow it, then what are they doing on Groupon? Like that's also like bumping up against my brain for me right now. I mean, so the Groupon part I can understand is like businesses are struggling, so they need to get their name That's a fair point. That is a fair Um, point. But I will say the fact that it's marketed as a beginner to expert level class and to know, again, I guess it's just, it just, I feel so strongly about it having gone to a training that was that taught me the polar opposite that exposed the things that happened Mm -hmm. of like the learning that I got from yoga teacher training was listen to your body take the break don't the whole point of going to a group yoga class is to acknowledge that inner voice that inner critic that's saying why am I not as good as everyone else let me force myself into this pose and learning no I don't need to compare myself to others. It's about me relative to me. Maybe I stretch a little more next week relative to last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't. And it's not about pushing through. You know, And you could if that's what you choose to do. But it's definitely not about somebody else telling me don't drink water. In right. order to find <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. After you told me to take the cool towel off my neck because I'm not allowed either. Yeah, so that's, yeah, it wow. Was, it just, it irked me, it bothered me. And then, of course, I had to reflect later of, like, should I have been more firm in my response? Because I was trying, as I mentioned, to be considerate of everyone and not make a scene. Mm-hmm. But I think we all fall into that trap. And I think, you know, I've heard women talk about they will stay in uncomfortable situations in the name of kindness because they don't want to be rude. Like, they get a bad vibe from a person, but they stick around mm. because they've been taught to be polite. And... I think that's wrong. I think like I want to learn how to like set better and clearer boundaries and know where the limit is. Like, was that the limit where I should have raised my voice and been like, yeah. excuse me. So here's the thing that I would like, right. Cause my gut reaction when you first said, should I have been more firm? My gut reaction to that or, or my gut answer to that in any situation is yeah. If it's worth your time and energy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it seems like spe- like in this specific case of yours, you're never going to go back there. You're never going to see him again. He's obviously not like you, you trying to like 
more firmly or more like like more um assertively say to him like you are wrong in what you're doing right (laughs) like isn't gonna first of all even if it does change him like it's not gonna do anything for you and other than like make your blood boil and like cause more anxiety for you in that moment um and so i feel like my answer to that would have been like just let it like do what you did. Right. Be calm, be cool, be collected and get up and go <laughs> and get up and go when, when your limit is reached. Right. right. Cause it's not worth and complain to Groupon. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. And that's a fair point too. You know, like, because we live in a capitalist society and that's our power is money, you know, but, um, but and it yeah. wasn't even enough for the money for me to be worth it. It was more like I need to make it known in some sphere of like that this is happening right. at the studio with the teacher. Maybe the owner needs to hear about it. Maybe whatever. And like while I didn't want to do the work of actually going after or whatever, maybe that makes a small difference of... I mean, he knew he was wrong, as I mentioned. He came later looking for me and I was gone. But we don't know that. Uh, true. You know? He, but he might have he, he might have been just trying to do cover your ass shit at the end of all that True. so that you don't leave the bad review on Groupon and so, and so that you don't go on Twitter and start telling people about this guy and how bad he is at what his job, yeah, you know? And again, I don't want to assume the worst of people, but I'm saying we don't know, right? So, yeah. you know. No, that's a fair point. Um, and I guess everything you said is true. Like it wasn't going to change anything. I wasn't going to go back. I think for me, it's a personal thing where I've, I've suppressed all emotions, but anger is another one where it's like, it's a bad quote unquote Mm. emotion and we don't want to express it because we think it, but it serves a purpose. Like in that situation, that anger that was rising in me after the third time of me saying it was telling me this person is crossing a clear boundary. And my anger was telling me to tell them to get out, put them in their place of like, do not cross this line. Yeah. You need to back up. And I think I would have actually felt better had I gotten mad, but because I had to, you know, I swallowed my pride and was trying to be the bigger person and can put everyone in the room before me, which is something I do and I maybe shouldn't do all the time. Um, I didn't say anything. Um, but you, you, I mean, you have a fair point of like, but you see, but I don't, I mean, you can tell yourself that it was about putting everybody in the room before you, but I don't think that's true or at least at least as an outsider and not having been in the room, like I can, I think I can say that like, it really wasn't about the people in the room. I genuinely do think like, I, I feel like if there was nobody else in that room and it was a one-on-one class and he said those things to you, I think you would have probably reacted the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe not storming out on a one-on-one session, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like I think that... I Mind think, you, I didn't storm out. I can't no, my exactly. And it, but, but it would have been a storm out if it had been a one-on-one session, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think that like because of your work that you've done on yourself, and I put that in quotes because for the listener, not because I'm trying to like right, diminish right, right. it. But... Um, but because of that work that you've done on your, done on yourself, um, I I think that like you are like hyper conscious and hyper aware of yeah. whatever patterns, feelings, things that like are triggers or whatever for yourself, and that as much as anger serves you, that serves you too. The self control, right. right? And I think and I think that you shouldn't like deny yourself the work you've done and the progress or whatever you want to call it that you've made in those regards. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like by flipping my lid. (laughs) No. And again, because anger does serve a purpose and get angry, but also like pick and choose your moments. Like this guy who gives a fuck about this guy, you know what I mean? Like me going tit for tat in that room was going to serve. Exactly. Exactly. And so and the irony of him saying this is a discipline, discipline practice where unbeknownst to him, I'm clearly way more disciplined than yeah, you. Yeah, right. Like, and so it just, it's, it was a whole weird experience. And I'm not glad I had it, but I'm, I'm glad like I learned from it and I'm, I'm glad I can share it because mm-hmm. it just, it's, I, it, this does happen. Like abuses of power we see happens in yeah. our society. And I was like, if this happened to me on this small level and it felt this bad, like, how much worse mm-hmm. people in situations where they aren't the paying customer are the employee are the ones who need the job and need the money for survival yeah. and have someone telling them do this thing. Right. And so, you know, it's just, it kind of made me feel bad all around. And like, I was like, well, how do I change this? And like, or well, I don't know. It's just, it's not a great thing. I was like, do I go back and like, you know, explain to him whatever and all these things. I was like, I don't know. I, like you said, it's just too much work. And, you know, yeah. And yeah. some, and sometimes like we have to accept that while the work is worth doing right for the benefit of the world, like 
not every single person is worth our time and worth like engaging with and trying to um, come to the table with, you know, for the sake of like common ground and growth and learning because some people are just never going to meet you there anyway. And so it's like, you're just going to bang your head against a wall and like, like who cares, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of sad to me because he didn't come off as like this rude authoritarian person. Mm -hmm. I really think he got uncomfortable as soon as someone said like it must have been the first time he took it as a challenge like i wasn't challenging him but he said put the towel down and i said thank you but i'm gonna keep it (laughs) like how dare you not do the thing and maybe it was his internal fear of like he's been taught and he's doing his quote-unquote job and he's supposed to enforce the rules in the room with everybody else and it's a discipline practice and you need to push yourself and the whole point of being here is to Mm -hmm. die and if he breaks the rule whatever like what does that say about everybody else and him? Yeah, no, that's a good and point. So I'm sure he's been, I wouldn't say abused, but that's happened to him. Like he's been indoctrinated through the training he went to that this is how it is. And clearly he's never told anyone no when he went to the training, right? Yeah. Like he did what everybody said to do because he didn't question it. And I think that's another huge thing I took out of mine. Training was like, we learned to question everything. Like even the instructors who were leading the yoga teacher training, there were several because they all were experts on different topic, Mm -hmm. would say like, even question us, like question the person telling you to question Mm -hmm. because even we don't know everything. And I don't know, I think you have to come to a level of enlightenment where you let your ego go to the side in order for you to be able to be like, I'm here as a person in front of you telling you I know better than you because I'm training you in this thing, but I'm also telling you I don't know better than you. Yeah. That's how comfortable I am. Yeah. In, who, in this situation. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are there. I think, I think a that's lot of true. people feel like they need to save face. They, oh, well, I'm the teacher here and I got to know better than everyone. And if I don't, what does that say about me? Mm-hmm. And all it says is you're human and <laughs> no one has all the answers. Yeah. But not everyone sees it that way yeah um well and especially in something as forgive me low stakes as yoga like you know what i'm saying like in the scheme in the grand scheme of life i'm not saying yoga is unimportant but like or as a practice right but like when you think when you take like the net positives and the net negatives of the world it's like yoga doesn't really like do much there you know what i mean like mostly mostly it's recreational mostly it's health reasons whatever like it's not you know it's not like an indoctrination it's not like an ideology it's not you know it's like it's just a thing that people do you know and so like perspective i think in that regard also um is helpful yeah, except that apparently it is all the things that you described that it shouldn't be in a lot of places. That's fair, yeah. And that was for me like, wait a minute, so I'm the anomaly? My studio was like, I, I don't know, I don't I don't want to like compare numbers, but so there are a lot of places, studios, yoga, or any other type of fitness. You see it in CrossFit and all that where people That's are going true. and getting major injuries because they're CrossFit person with, which I don't want to discount them, but I don't even know how much training they get, but however much they get, you all have injuries. Every single one of you has your knees wrapped because you've busted it trying to throw 800 pounds in the air while you jump into a backflip. Like, what is the end goal? And I'm not judging any of the people even though it really sounds like that. So maybe I kind of am because I'm a risk-averse person. I don't like injury because I think, you know, it's one more thing and some people will say injury teaches you I don't buy that. I'd rather learn without the injury, right? Yeah. I'd rather prevent the injury. I'd rather learn from somebody else. Yeah, I agree with that. But so there's a whole school of like yoga that says you need to get injured because that injury will teach you something. Like it serves a purpose. Huh. And they go in and they adjust students and they hurt students. And then the, the subjugate, sub, subordinate, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. students who are seen as like less than, are just supposed to and do go along with the all-knowing yogi who unfortunately also is using some ancient wisdom of spiritual practices of connection Mm -hmm. and things where they can also sort of manipulate people better because so okay but doesn't that sound suspiciously like the people that like flagellate themselves like like the christian like the sect of christians that whip themselves and give themselves like scars on their back because that's supposed to like help you reach some sort of touch with God or whatever. That sounds suspiciously like that kind of ideology to me. And that already like rubs me the wrong way. Like as it should. Yeah. (laughs) As it should. So it's weird you mentioned that because I think even it might be the Buddhists who like pray for more suffering because suffering leads to enlightenment. But I'm not about that life. Like, number one, there's enough suffering as it is that'll lead you to be as enlightened as you need to be. We don't need to add. 
But again, the world I come from yogically is all about reducing suffering. The yeah. entire purpose of why I'm going is because I'm stressed or like I'm tense or whatever. I need some alleviation of symptoms. Mm-hmm. I don't need to like be harsher on myself. Create the symptom to then work through it and learn right. something. Right. <laughs> and and so even but even mentally. Right. Yogic practice yoga is like a mindfulness thing for me, is a meditative thing where I the poses are the poses. For me it was just being in that group experience and slowing down enough to see what's happening in my mind in relation to others. Because I could do it at home and whatever. But all of a sudden, I'm in a room full of people and all the judgments and self-criticisms and harshness comes up. You're not as good as everybody. Mm-hmm. You're not whatever. And so for me, it's to unlearn those behaviors. To one, bring it to awareness that, damn, I didn't even know. What the hell? Like, I'm so mean hmm. to myself. I'm so, like my self-worth is so low that I need to think I need to do this pose that this person has practiced for 10 years and I'm so critical of myself that why couldn't I instantly do it? Or even if I couldn't do it 10 years from now, that's my body. My body's different. Why can't I accept that? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like there needs to be this like norm or this something to strive for? Yeah. And the instructors that I take in my regular <laughs> studio, they don't. That's exactly what they're always pushing is take the break if you need the break. Get mm-hmm. into, you know, the rest position. Drink the water. Don't push yourself if it's painful. Like, listen to your body. Listen to your own unique needs. If you can only stretch down to your knees and you feel that, that's you. That's where your yeah, limit is. Yeah, you're feeling it and that's, that's the it. point. That's the stretch. Right. You don't need to force yourself to go to your toes because the person right. going to their toes felt it once they were past their ankles. They didn't start feeling it once they were past their knees. Right. right? Their body, their anatomy is different. So... Anyway, yeah, just it was a lot. <laughs> no, I think I think that's really um, like I, 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 this sounds so patronizing, but like I'm proud of you. Like I'm proud of you for like handling it the way you did. I'm proud of you for like sharing it and like like vent like venting it so that is so so it's over and like that's your sense of closure, even though you didn't really get closure in the moment with the person. You know, yeah. like like it's good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> So now the key is just to let it go. Well, you know, um, and not, and not like toss and turn and lose sleep over this for the next month. I I don't know. Toss and turn and lose sleep. It's not let gone right away. Um, because you know, you flip, I should have done this, should have done that. Of course. But it helps to have friends and things. Sure. Um, but I think yoga, part of it is trying to let go. Mindfulness is about letting go if it doesn't serve you. Right. But I guess I dig a little deeper in that we talk about being our authentic selves with people And something else I'm learning is that every time we choose not to, for whatever purpose, right, we censor ourselves, we sort of stifle our souls. Hmm. So every time you didn't say the thing you wanted to say, you swallowed it. Every time you didn't do the thing you wanted to do, you held back. Something happens in you where you're almost betraying yourself. And that doesn't sit right. And I think that's that inner turmoil of like, as soon as the anger came, I should have gotten angry because it was the right point. The anger was, it was, it was, um, righteous anger. Like, it sure. Was, it was, it wasn't out of nowhere. It wasn't like, Oh, somebody, you know, I, I assume they cut me off or something. It was like after three times of me being assertive, my anger stepped up to defend me. Sure. Right. And obviously I did something else with that anger, but, um, but see, I think that the, the, the takeaway for me there is like, you're right. Right. We, about the whole stifling of your soul when you deny parts of yourself from like exposure or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that you can say that when you've done the work and you're not for lack of a better term, just a loose cannon. Mm -hmm. Like, because, because I do think that like somebody who hasn't done the work, somebody who, who isn't mindful, who doesn't understand their own like triggers and like internal, you know, self, as well or at all saying to that person to don't deny yourself is is like is like also a bad thing because you don't like in a civilized society we don't go around acting on our on our every impulse you know what i'm saying like especially if we're not aware like you said of where that impulse is exactly yeah so you're right the key is to do the work right (laughs) do the work reach reach a level of self-awareness reach a level of mindfulness to where you you understand where feelings are coming from and why they're warranted or not warranted and then absolutely authentically express yourself in ways that 
that are important and like need to be expressed, you know? Yeah, you're right. And uh, you know, everything comes back to balance where like, I mean, we even say you don't want to be aggressive. You don't want to be passive. You want to be assertive. And I, we do see people that are so easily triggered by things that they almost bring upon themselves. Like mm-hmm. so-and-so looked at me wrong. Like, right. This person cut me off. Like, no, that person had their blinker on and was trying to get in your lane. And you didn't see them. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Or they, yeah. Or they literally just changed lanes in front of you and you are per, you are labeling Projecting. that as being. Yeah. No, no, no. A person changes lane. If no, you're right. You're you, right. Sometimes that's not cutting off. That's. They changed lanes. They're, were True. they supposed to wait to get behind you? Or then are they cutting the person behind them? <laughs> right, or right. how many cars is before that? You know what I mean? Right. And I get that if they're too close and they do it aggressively, obviously, there's a fine line there. But but you do see it where people get upset and get road rage because something else is bothering them. Mm-hmm. And that was the trigger. Like, Or they're letting people walk all over them at work. And then now this person, walk, quote unquote, mm-hmm. they saw it as, and now they're taking it out on this person. Because they haven't done the work and they haven't recognized, well, maybe I need to have a conversation with my boss. Maybe I need a career change if I can, like if I have that luxury. Um, and and not, instead of addressing the root of the problem, like just taking it out on left and right. right. And just like exactly. being, blowing up everywhere. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there's a happy medium there, I suppose. Yeah. So. Good stuff. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good, but... Well, no, good, good, good discourse, <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah. It's tough. And uh, I don't know, I guess I want a message to be out there that listens to your body. Like, yeah, honor your needs. Be, you know, confident, so confident in yourself where you know who you are. And, and it takes work. It's like so much easier said than done. Right. But like, don't give anyone power over you, I guess is what I'm saying. Like no one mm-hmm. is the authority of you and your life and your body and your experience and all of it. And so if there was one message I would want people to take away that I hope to also practice better is like, don't give your power away to others. No one, no matter what their title is, right? No matter what position they have, they are just another flawed human being mm-hmm. like you. And you know you better than anyone knows you. So you are the authority on your own life and your own self. And like, be confident in that. Like, just be firm in who you are. And nice. That would be the message. Yeah. <laughs> but in lighter news, I hear you watched. I heard you watched something. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Switch gears. So here. <laughs> I'm. So the first part of this statement is that the Hamilton movie is on Disney Plus as of this recording and it's phenomenal. It's the, I mean, I had already seen it. I've listened to the soundtrack a million times. I've already seen it live you in Chicago, sing every word. <laughs> but seeing it filmed so cinematically with the original cast performing it live. Oh my God. Transcendent. It was the greatest experience to have at two in the morning on no sleep. Amazing. That being said, I, what, what I want to talk about with Hamilton is I literally like seconds before you got here to record, I was like on Twitter because I've been on Twitter all day, just like reading all the tweets that people are like saying about this movie that they're all watching. A lot of people for the first time are, you know, kept being exposed to it and they're like, oh, my God, it's so good. And just like all the love for the cast and everything. And so I've just like been on Twitter all day. And then I was scrolling through my feed and I this person who I don't follow, but somebody I do follow must have like liked or retweeted it. So it's in my feed, you know, Mm -hmm. because Twitter does that stupidly. I don't know. Um, some person who has a blue check mark. I think she might she might be a writer or a journalist or something. <laughs> I'm saying my point is she's not a nobody. I, yeah, okay. Sorry. She's a person with an audience. Right, right. Um, uh, she, her tweet was, um, yeah, no, still not going to watch Hamilton. Watch me not watch it. Don't care. Whatever. So then I was like, and then there was like a thread, right? So I was like, got to dig into this because in in my own confirmation bias about how ha- about Hamilton, mm-hmm. like literally no one I know that has been exposed to this musical hates it. Like every single person who either listens to the soundtrack or sees it live or now has seen this film, like comes out of that experience. Like this was 
fucking amazing. Like it's magical. It's transformative. It's everything that musical theater is anyway, mm. generally speaking, or live theater period, but especially musical theater, theater. But it's especially, I think, potent and palpable because it's our history it's of this country. And it's told from such a unique perspective. It's told very like almost Gregory Maguire-esque in the way that it's like a little bit flipped on its head, you know, but not really, but like there's like a slant to the angle of it. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know a single person who's like, ew, Hamilton, right? Mm. And so I was like, what is this? What, like, where is this person's thing about an anti-Hamilton coming from? And so I'm reading the thread. And the thread was basically just multiple tweets of her saying like, nope, not going to do it. Watch me not do it. Never going to do it. And then people like being like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. It's like, preach. Yes, fuck uh. this, whatever. <laughs> and, and then... It and then so and then one of the tweets and I'm and I'm going to misquote it but I'm going to paraphrase it generally was something to the effect of like like I was on the fence about maybe seeing it in the theater but like watching it on my TV screen no thanks or whatever you know and and that sort of triggered for me this thought that like so okay you can you I have the receipts you can go back I don't know how many years in my Facebook. I made a post when um, an actress that I like, who I can't, oh, Kate Moss, no, not Kate Moss, that's not an actress. Um, who's the girl that's in Handmaid's Tale? Yeah. I know you're well, bad. You know, I know, you're, I know you're the wrong person to ask. Whatever. Hudson? No. Okay, anyway, people listening will know. Tale, yes, yeah. the girl from, from like Mad Men or whatever. I, I literally, can't, her name, I'm blanking something. on her name. I think it's Kate something. Okay. Regardless, that woman, okay, did a play in, on Broadway um, years ago. And, or maybe it was, it was even off Broadway and it was like potentially to move to Broadway. And I remember being, and like being so intrigued by this play and like, killing myself that I don't live in New York and I can't go see it. Like, like I hated that fact. And it made me so like anxious about the fact that like, think about how much theater starts and lives in New York because that's where Broadway is, mm. but it'll start like off Broadway or off, off Broadway and then never make it. And so like 15 people in the world will have seen an amazing show and it'll never travel. It'll never, I'll never have the chance to get my hands on it, you know? And it made me so anxious. And so I tweeted or I've made this Facebook post about how there should be a way for every staged show to be filmed mm. and broadcast either by streaming or on a DVD or something so that those of us who don't have access to New York can see shows being done by the original casts as you know as intended like or or so that it sounds like you hear it on the cd when you're listening to it or whatever right, you know right. so that it's like that more like a quote-unquote authentic experience um of course it like went nowhere and like okay whatever i made a stupid facebook post like years ago and then this happens right it's the first of i think many now shows on um, broadway shows that are going to be filmed and put on streaming platforms or sold in some way um so that mass audiences can be exposed to them because and and then so that and that helped me extrapolate the larger thought which is the problem with live theater is that it's prohibitively expensive for like a lot of people so many people mm -hmm. i don't want to say a majority because i don't know but like so many people will never have the opportunity financially speaking to sit in a in a theater and watch a live production of anything right. because it's so expensive mm -hmm. and and that leads to a culture about theater which is like oh it's highbrow oh it's unnecessary oh it's elite oh it's whatever and what that's doing is so many people that that can't afford theater don't understand that musical theater especially there's a magic and a power to it there's something amazing about sitting in that room and having that experience and it's unlike anything and and People don't like Hamilton because they don't like hip hop and rap. And this is hip hop and rap they can get into. That's not what anybody ever comes out of Hamilton being like, oh, finally, rap I can listen to. No, people love Hamilton because it's amazing. Like the story is great. It's innovative. The staging is so creative and beautiful. And it's, it's everything you want theater to be. 
But because people don't know what theater is, they don't get that. Mm. And all they see is, oh, who gives a fuck? It's like, oh, founding fathers, fuck them, whatever, you know, like, and, and I, and I get that. But also it's about exposure and it's about opportunity, which is why things like Hamilton being on Disney Plus for eight bucks or free, if you want to just do a free trial for a week. Amazing. Everybody and their mother should be watching this fucking movie. If nothing else, just to have that exposure to theater in your own home for the first time ever. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I know I'm sold. I'm going to have to go home and watch it today. I haven't seen it. Um, and I didn't know it's on the television. Um, yeah. And like, I'm just sitting here in awe of the depth of knowledge you have and the passion you have around and for my <laughs> theater. And I know that at times it's been, I don't know if it's been described as, but it's kind of sort of like a dying art type thing where it's not as common and it's not as prevalent. I don't mean just in New York, but like, you know, theater, live theater for all the reasons you mentioned, I guess, isn't as popular as it could be. Um, and Maybe if more of us were actually exposed to it, we could see. And I know we have, so we have a theater class, wow, in this day and age at our middle school. Oh, wow. Always, yeah, our, our, we choose to fund it and it's that's hard awesome. to fund. And also, it's, it's Los Angeles, but that's still awesome. It, but even still. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, I know. The arts are always the first to be You're right. It's the saddest thing because it's so important. Um, but so again, fortunately, we have one and an amazing teacher who does amazing work with amazing inner city kids. Amazing kids period right who also happens to be from the inner city but the, they're always winning awards like for wow. their performances and going and i want to come to shows i should invite you to the next one they do it in our auditorium when we're allowed to be in an auditorium again and sure she had an online when they were doing these zoom classes mm-hmm. there was some event whatever that she had her kids sign up for to participate in where i'm pretty sure the main guy from alexander hamilton lin-manuel miranda showed up in the zoom call wow the students were present and watching and participating and taking class oh that's so cool um so anyway i'm talking up because it's just an amazing program but i i wanted to say is i think not i think i know that she's taken middle school kids who what are they interested in zero right tiktok (laughs) tiktok whatever's on my phone even that they're numb to everything yeah yeah who can't sit still, who won't stop talking to save their lives, who are, you know, getting to themselves into trouble, who aren't the best behaved, all the things, right? Take them to a small theater live show and have them come away, not only having enjoyed it, but having engaged in a dialogue mm-hmm. with the cast afterwards and questioning. Oh, that's and, awesome. And I'm just like, wow, if you can sell teenagers on live <laughs> I mean, there must be something to it because... It must make them feel something. Whereas these phones are no longer doing it. They're just numb to it. It's that human connection. It's the interaction. It's that live performance. It's the vocals. It's the connect. I don't know what it is because I don't know enough about it. I can't can't even tell. I'm sorry. I I did not mean to cut you off. So let me preface what I'm about to say with the way that Kristen Bell prefaced her emotional state at all times, which is that if she's not between a three and a seven, she's crying. And that is so me. So the number of times, like on a scale of one to 10, if you're not emotionally between a three and a seven at any given time, you're crying. So either you're very sad or or you're very high, like either way you're crying. Right. Um, so and she she explained it because she said that in response to the sloth video of hers where she's like started like crying in excitement about the sloth that came to her house for her birthday anyway that's a story for another day yeah, meantime <laughs> um so so the so when i say like I cannot, like, I've seen, I've had the privilege, and I recognize that it's my privilege privilege that has allowed me to have the 20-plus years of exposure to live theater that I've had. Like, I absolutely understand that. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, I've seen upwards of maybe 50 musicals in my life, um, and there is something about sitting in, a, in an audience, or really just in a room with perfect acoustics, right, and hearing somebody live sing the most perfect note, like projected to an audience of thousands, there is like it it never not makes me cry. Like always categorically, like it is the most magical experience for me, truly. And I think that it transcends, you know, the fact that I'm 
a woman. I think it transcends that I'm a white person. I think it transcends um, the fact that I've seen so many musicals. I think that there's truly something magical about that experience, period, no matter who you are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And the experience of those teens, I think, probably speaks to that as well. And, um, and that, and, and, and speaking to like live theater being like a dying art, I don't think it's necessarily true that it's a dying art, but it certainly is not a popular art, like in the, in the definition of the word, right? Mm -hmm. It cannot be popular because the, because there's no access for so many people to it, you know? Um, but which, which is why, like I said it all those years ago on that stupid Facebook post and I'll say it again, like film every fucking thing that's on stage film it it doesn't have to be a cinematic amazing hd quality like this movie was and all the money that disney put into it obviously but just fucking put a camera up in the back of the theater and film it so that people can 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 see it for cheap or free you know because really why not because it's art and it deserves to be seen you hear that musical theater world? <laughs> yeah, Broadway with your $600 tickets. Listen, if our karaoke things could be live streamed and we get a DVD back when we did DVDs after every song. I know. You can record. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to do. I know. Yeah. And honestly, like with YouTube, like, boom, put it up there. And you know what? You know, and so that's actually been happening a lot with all the quarantining the last few months because theater has effectively shut down for the foreseeable, at least till the, till the end of the year. Um, and so many artists like have nothing to do, literally. Um, YouTube and like streaming and stuff has become like a real avenue for um, expression for people. And like people have been doing one man shows out of their apartments and like putting it up on YouTube. And it's like, and you can donate to a cause or whatever, right? They'll do it for donations, but it's for essentially free. And they'll put it up there for like two or three days and then, and then, and then they take it down, right? Because you want to like limit it because that's what makes it special, I suppose, right? Um, and also like worth people's, like, you know how it is. Like if it's up there, you'll never go. But yeah, then if, but, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. you're we're like, oh, I only have 48 hours, I better go now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that, that kind of thing. And that's been happening so much. And there's, and I think that's also really like, turning the tide about the way that we think about theater, the way that we like um, consume theater, um, which hopefully might make it more accessible for people and like might sort of take away the, like the reputation it's gotten, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, for being this like elitist form of art that like only the select few that have money can, can appreciate or experience, you know, whatever. Stuff like that. So I don't know. That's my soapbox moment for today. Yeah. <laughs> One, go see Hamilton on Disney Plus. Two, try to consume as much theater as possible because it, it truly is just it's a life changing thing. Yeah. And this is something I don't have anything to add. To. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I need to watch Hamilton. Um, yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> well, I mean, even just for the because it's everybody's watched it and it's part of our history and it's like it's so important it's not just yeah I mean I don't know that it's important because it's history like I don't want I don't want to put too fine a point on it like that like it is entertainment at the end of the day you know it is just entertainment and like um and it's a very specific slice of our history pertaining to this one guy's life um but it's but it but but especially in like our current times, um, it's it is funny when you when, when you see the things that that they were dealing with the founding fathers back then, and when our nation was like a little seedling being planted in the ground, um, and it's just like cyclical, man. Like we're still dealing with divisiveness, we're still dealing with infighting, we're still dealing with um, with like trying to do what's right for the most people and trying to understand what that is and how, what that means and what that looks like. And, you and know, isn't it interesting that people on both sides of the aisle love the Hamilton, like they go and they, enjoy yeah. It and yeah, um, it's interesting. You mentioned the two sides as a meme time. Oh, and it was, um, someone had posted, it was the King or whatever is trying to rule and get reelected, and there's people with there's a mob of pitchforks and torch bearers. Oh, I see this. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah, go. And they're like trying to you know overthrow the regime or what have you. And the assistant is asking the king, "How are you gonna like fight them or beat them or win?" 
And he's like, you don't have to fight them. You just have to convince the pitchfork people that the torchbearer people are trying to take their pitchforks away from them. <laughs> and that's it. Divide and conquer. And, you know, we see it so clearly happening now. And I know, you, you know, you just said, how does history repeat itself? Is it because we're so ignorant and we don't pay attention and learn from it? Because it's it's like on loop. <laughs> yeah. You know, the cycle is on rinse and repeat. Oh, ba, 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 do this, do this, do this. And like, how do you eventually as a mass populace not see this cycle like you just can't and you keep falling for the you know why well you know why it's because history is written from one point of view like history like history is not this like bird like this like camera that's above the world showing all the patterns you know what i'm saying yeah. like we can't we're we, because we're in it we can't see the forest for right. the trees but like and again you, you're right it's, it's his story the person who won gets to write the books it's not even all like factual but like we can but the, we're, we're in it now but what's happening now has happened before. And so why can't we see the before and apply it to what we see happening because, now? Because all we know about what happened before is what happened when, like, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we don't write history or we don't think about history as a series of triggers and cause and effects. Our history is, oh, World War II happened. But we don't talk about all the machinations and all the little, you know, um, manipulations and the little, like, um, things that, that, that led to the World War II. Is this why older people seem kind of jaded? Because not that they've given up, but they've figured it out because they've lived history. And, like, after a repeat cycle of, Oh, it's a global pandemic. Oh, it's a global war. Oh, it's a whatever. They like been here, done that. Oh, it's a political meltdown. Parties versus each other. They kind of throw their hands up and be like, just live your life. No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe I'm not going to say no, but I also think that like, it's a privilege to be an 80 year old person and know you're going to die soon and not have to worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the reason we care is because it's our world we're trying to change. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, yeah. and that's the burden always of the younger generation. That's just the way life is. Right. 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 So I'm sort of rewinding here, but I'm going back to the whole, what do we, why don't we learn is that, you know, people in positions of quote unquote power doing that divide and conquer tactic. Like at the very least, why can't we see that that's the game they're playing? And it's, it's not me, you, me versus you. It's all of us together versus maybe the few. Um, and that collective uprising that doesn't happen because we don't come together. And, and maybe mm-hmm. it's happening more. I, you know, we speak out there what we want right. in the world. Maybe more people are. But, you know, we fall, even me, we fall for that trap, that trick of like, oh, this, this other party person, how can they not whatever? It's like, I'm... Well, I think it comes from a deep indoctrination and I don't want to speak about the world at large, but I know I can speak for like the way that our like this country works, you know, again, generally like not, not on, 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 not on an individual level, but like generally speaking in the way that our politics and our economy and everything function infrastructurally in this country, like, um, we, we are divided and we are like sort of able to be conquered because we've been indoctrinated to be individual, to, to seek individualistic gain over the collective. Yeah. That is what quote unquote made this country so great and made one and made people want to come and move here. All these, like, like all these like immigrants and generational immigrants, right? Like, Mm. um, it's like, it's because, yeah, like I couldn't do that in my home country. And like in America, you can do you, you know, and we, that is the sort of ideology that is so like, like permeated and pervasive in the way that we learn history in our schools and the way that we talk about civics, the way that we think about patriotism and everything. And so rugged individualism. So, yeah. So then, so then it's, we, we sort of, perpetuate or propagate our own demise that way. And when you think about all great empires, that's how that happens. Rome fell, Britain fell, you know, like we were an empire and Again, cyclical. <laughs> well, right. Rinse and um, repeat. Can we prevent the falling? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair point. I, I think back to like when I, there's like collective mass uprisings of like a country it's always somewhere where there's like a monoculture it's a single exactly they're all the as same much people. smaller countries too right. 
Right. And you think, oh, they rose up and they overthrew us because like everybody knew everybody's uncle because it was all in the family. And they can all sort of agree on the same base value right. system. You know, we don't have that We're here. We're this mixing pot, which is actually a strength, but apparently can be used to That's our right. detriment. That's of, right. Like we're all kinds of people from all kinds of places. And we have a hard time, I guess, coming together and seeing that we're all one because we're not really all one. Right. We're all a bunch of parts right. trying to be one. Right. And it's that mishmash of, like you said, the indoctrination of do I become assimilated? Do I keep my roots and my heritage and my traditions? Mm-hmm. Do I, what do I bring to the table? What do I hold back? What serves me? What doesn't serve me? And um, which and really see, like even those thoughts are, are the problem, right? Because really the point of a melting plot pot idea or whatever is just bring your whole self to everything because that's what makes it a melting pot. And like exactly. Like you shouldn't be worried about this part, that part, what do I do? What do I not do? How do I hide this or bring this to the table? No, the point is we should be able to bring our full selves, our whole selves, all the parts of us, whether we're like third generation American or we're, we just got here yesterday, whatever. Yeah. Right. That's what makes it. A, a strength in, in our diversity. But why do we feel like we can't? Because clearly we don't feel well, like we Well, because, <laughs> because so much is tied to, like, think about, like, when, think about, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the authority on this, so I'm just, like, speaking off the cuff, so, like, whatever, I might be wrong or whatever, but, like, this is my two cents on it. Like, when you think about, you know, why do we even do a census? Like, why do people in government need to know that I'm Caucasian and Hispanic or Pacific Islander or whatever? Yeah. Like, that's the first box you check when you get to Ellis Island, right? Is like, what box do you fit into? Mm. That's already the problem. Yeah. No, good point. We're all just people. You need to know how many people so you can provide resources. Right. But... And I'm sure, again, maybe there are other underlying things of like they try to analyze certain populations maybe need more or less of certain things. I don't know. But but, but even that speaks to a greater issue. Like, why is that true? Right. Because you've denied those people certain things already before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just trying to say is they might make the argument if they're trying to do it for some good purpose. But you're right. It isn't good to divide people up and put us in boxes because we're all just human. And here's the common denominator or the thing that should bring us all together, and I'm sure it does. Isn't everyone's food just great? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the thing that makes us all Uh, realize, don't you want to try every food from pretty much every culture? And there's good in all of them. And if it's something as like primitive as that, that we can all just gather around that literal pot mm-hmm. of like the every type of food. Yeah, if that doesn't help you have empathy it. for your neighbor, like I don't know, you know, yeah. No, but even if it's a selfish thing, like isn't it great that you can taste the world's flavors mm-hmm. in your own backyard? True, and yeah. Authentically, because the person from that part of the world is here making it their authentic self. Right. And it just, it's, I think food is a good. What's the unifier, unifier. <laughs> <laughs> food is the great unifier and i'll say this you don't we don't realize how much in common we actually have unless we interact because you'll talk to people of course. from cultures and you're like oh we do this 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 in our culture they're like you too oh my god <laughs> that happens all the time to me opposite side of the world mm-hmm. completely different language just yawns apart and like you also light sage to get rid of the evil spirits because you learn that on mm-hmm. your continent millions of whatever however many miles away from my continent with my people like where did that truth come to my people mm-hmm. you know a thousand years ago and to your people other side and then now we're here and we both think oh it's a weird thing that just our culture <laughs> does we're from wherever and like we all kind of believe in that thing and we do yeah I mean, that's like a weird example but. no but i but you're right <laughs> and and so okay so take any other example of that right like and it's true like we are not as different as people would want us to believe that human we are behaviors. like we <laughs> we gather around tables and we eat and like we have our cra- well, we have, have humor and, we have we have yeah. stories we have traditions yeah. everybody has that that interact in exactly stigma similar stigmas exist and it's funny because you know we talk about the mask versus unmask which we don't bring up because i won't bring up but i'm bringing up because <laughs> it shouldn't be an issue but it is but anyway i was like oh it's us it's america we like freedom this is an issue here but then i listen to people from other parts of the world and i'm just like they're talking 
in their languages on their news channels about the same issue. You know, our people are stubborn and whatever, whatever. Like they're having the same types of conversations halfway around the world yeah. that we are here thinking we're so alone in our Americanness <laughs> of having this struggle of like, should we wear it? Shouldn't we wear it? Whereas it's sort of a global phenomenon. Yeah, I think maybe not global, but it exists. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I'm not going to touch that because I have I have a lot of strong opinions that are just not going to be helpful to anybody yeah, to share. Yeah. So, Which is why I was like, yeah, but, you know, no, but I mean, but you're right, and yeah. and if Common nothing experience. else, exactly, That's and if nothing else, the thing about the mask is like you're right. Even that is a, is a unifier in that we are all can't agree on yeah. what the right thing to do about it is. Right, and you like know? the conversation they were having again, it was like things we're having here that I wouldn't think they would even quote-unquote know about because whatever, I don't know better. It, the 5G controversy and this and that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys are talking about that way halfway. Like, aren't you guys still on 3G over there? Like, <laughs> but I guess... I mean, satellites are satellites. Right, and we're all sort of... You're right. The unifying thing is we're all having this common experience, which we've mentioned before. Yeah, this pandemic. Like the pandemic, yeah. but even the issues that are coming up True. in the quote-unquote mainstream media... It's main enough that it's all pervasive. Like that news message is coming across in every country. Even if the news message is, look at America doing this thing about this problem, they're hearing about that problem. Right. And they're talking about that problem. Even right. from a different perspective of like, you know, the, the lens. From their own is, lens. It's yeah. Not that we have this issue, but we're talking about how America's worried about their 5G or whatever. Or maybe mm-hmm. we'll be worried about it because it'll come to us in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I know that's the um, quick thing to wrap this up, just to bring home the whole unifying thing. Do you know this? Do you know Dr. Seuss's story about the Sneeches? No, but do you know he was a political cartoonist that was trying to teach kids to like rebel against authority? But go on. Okay, so so this so this is going to feed that. Um, I'll I'll tell it sh- as shortly as I can without taking away from the story because it's actually very good. And you can find it was like animated, like into like a little animated movie. You can find it on YouTube. Highly recommend to to whoever's listening. Um, it's the Sneeches. I think it's just called the Sneeches. Anyway, Doctor Sue Sneeches. Um, there's so there's like this island of Sneeches. They're like these little yellow creatures, right? Um, and there's some Sneeches that have stars on their bellies and then other Sneeches that don't have stars on their bellies. And they were just born that way. But the Sneeches with stars on their bellies, they are very like snobbish and like anti the ones that don't have the stars on their bellies. And like, so when the star, when the Sneeches with the stars on their bellies, like have barbecues at the beach, the Sneeches without the stars, like can't come. And they're like, they're like, um, you know, like shunned and, you know, like, oh, you can't come to this barbecue. You don't have a star, you know, whatever. And like, and like, you know, the Sneeches without the stars do their own thing with themselves. Cause that's, cause they can do that, you know, but there's like, they're not, there's like a clear divide between the star sneeches and the non-star sneeches. And then one day this guy comes into town with this big machine and he tells all the non-star sneeches that he, this machine can put stars in their bellies for them. And all it's going to cost is a dollar. And you just go through this machine and you'll get a star. And the next thing you know, you can hang out with the beach party sneeches oh and do your thing, right? And so all the non-star sneeches sign up. There's a long line. And they're all going through this machine and they all come out the other end with stars on their bellies and they're all happy and they go to the barbecues and... But the original star snitches are like, but you're like a new star snitch. And like, <laughs> if you have a star now, like that makes our star like Less not shiny. as cool. Cause like we, the whole thing, right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, subtext is like, it was about being different. Mm-hmm. And so then this guy, once he's put all the stars on all the non-star sneeches, then he goes to the star sneeches and he's like, you guys want to be different, right? I have this machine that can take the stars off your, off your oh bellies <laughs> for just $2. You run through this machine and the star will come off. And around and around it goes. And this man milks all these sneeches for every last cent. Next, And then by the end of it, you know, you, some people have two stars all over their bodies. You don't even know who the original star sneeches are. You don't even know who the non-star sneeches are everybody's all a mix mix mixed up jumble and they're all destitute now right but guess what they're now all on the same level Mm. and that's when they realize that's when they realize that there's strength in their unity and that dividing themselves on something as superficial as having a star and not having a star which clearly this machine was so easily taking them off and putting them on so it's clearly not even that big a deal 
um, shouldn't be the thing that that they use to divide themselves. And they all create a snitch society that's inclusive and they all get to live in it happily together. Can we all just be as good as a children's book? Like, <laughs> is that the least we can do? How it easy? is my absolute favorite Dr. Seuss story. It always brings tears because I'm like, because now I'm at like an eight. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just such a perfect metaphor for our society yeah. and globally in this in this country, whatever you want to call it. It's such a perfect metaphor that something as superficial as a star in your belly that really doesn't even matter because it can so easily be changed or, you know, it's not it's not even a thing. Yeah is the thing that divides us. Have you seen The Gods Must Be Crazy? Old 80s movie. I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. It's human nature. Like, we want, like you said, to differentiate ourselves. And we want something to be unique. It's kind of like you think about the diamond and how it's so expensive, but then you hear about how there's, like, tons of diamonds in an underground warehouse somewhere that they're not releasing because if everyone had access to it, it would lose it its wouldn't, value. Exactly. It's not unique and special. So as human beings, we're always seeking the unique and special thing, but we're also always trying to fit in. So that's, like, again, like, the dichotomy of it. We're so weird as humans. But then the gods must be crazy. is like, it's a tribe. Um, I believe it's an African tribe, and they're just living in the desert, and they don't have anything different. Everybody works together, blah, 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 and, like, a Coke bottle falls, and... And like they use that and it brings like now I have this Coke bottle that I use to smash an animal or use it as uh-huh. a tool and it starts like this divide and the person tries to get rid of it saying like we were so at peace working together now, now, I'm, now look at I'm us. better than you whatever so like it's just that whole thing that it, I want to have more than you I want to have power than you I have this tool yeah we compare and we compete. Um, but just with the uniqueness thing, and, and I guess we'll leave it with that. It's like you know how on Instagram you get these ads about master's classes mm. and there was a RuPaul one. And I listened to the trailer and he's like, you know, we we were born to, we weren't born to fit in. We were born to stand out. And again, all we try to do is to blend in and fit in and be like everyone else. When like we're all unique individuals who should be shining our star, however Mm -hmm. our star shines or non-star or different color star. Because Mm -hmm. we were put on the purpose with that unique that's true and so the more we try to be like everyone else and you know not judging but we do plastic surgery and we go to the gym and we try to get the we try to fit that perfect model of whatever it is that we're being sold as the thing everyone should be like we lose our individuality and there's such a strength in the uniqueness of each human yeah it's like each snowflake is different when you look at it under a microscope why should we take each one and make it into like smash it into a flat whatever cube yeah so be, be unique Whew. Amen to that. Yeah. Own your star. Own your non-star. Yeah. See you. <laughs> and we'll see you in the next. We'll hear you. We'll talk to you. In the That's next right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.